Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everyone. How's everyone doing today? I hope that, I hope you all said... Terrific and all that good stuff. Hang on a second. Let me go here. Let me get my buttons. Okay. Welcome to the show. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is our casual Friday. So I'm all decked out for Aloha. And Nancy Matz is going to be with us shortly. We're going to be talking about near-death experiences. Yeah, near-death experiences. I've got some stories of my own. I always have stories. You know that. Anyway, I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state. Hello, Jen. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, we are 45 strong up and down the state. That means if you have a paranormal need or you think you might have something paranormal going on in your house or business or whatever, we can get to you. And if we're, you know, if we're a little further away from you, that's not a problem. You know, there's always somebody available to go. Anyway, tonight's show. I know people that have had NDEs, and I know one in particular who had an NDE, and after experiencing the NDE, she came back with psychic abilities. It happens. Sometimes it happens. I'm sure Nancy can fill us in on more of that end of it, because I've never, myself, have never had an NDE. But, uh... You know, all that stuff. I'm going to get Nancy on. I'm at a loss for words today for once. Hi there. <laughs> What's up? I, uh, I gave it some thought of what we're going to talk about tonight. And I'm going to apologize, apologize ahead of time, everybody. I moved this past week. And if I lose, start losing my voice, then Cheryl will have to pick it up. Let me rest. And uh, to keep on going. I, uh, you kids have always heard me say, um, I got my screen crooked here. Uh, another topic to me. I love. I love this topic because it. Hello, go Kate. ahead. Sarah. Hello, Kate. You look fine to me. So yeah, I do this way. I can't hear you, hon. You look fine to me. I can just do this. Oh my gosh! I feel like I've been through the grinder. <laughs> How many? Well, the thing is, is we sized down a little bit, and we went from a really bigger house and lots of office to a smaller environment. So. It is what it is, but um, what I want to say is uh, near-death experiences have been written down throughout history, and then Socrates, I believe it was, someone could have correct me, of course, was in the history books of talking about leaving the body and coming back, and you think about near-death experiences for, for, versus remote viewing. Uh, people think that uh, near-death experiences, just the brain shutting down, going through a tunnel is actually the, uh, the wiring in the brain kind of going back, and then how can you explain people who in the hospital have a surgery they go to their experience but the surgeons and the doctors are testing this by putting articles shoes clothing teddy bears really high next to the ceiling and the patient comes back and says why do you put that red tennis shoe up near your ceiling and so we are investing there's a lot of investigation going on um one of the earlier pioneers uh raymond moody uh investigated this um, um journeys out of the body and Far Journeys talks about uh, remote viewing, get out of the body, and you can actually have what they call a near-the-experience 
by following some of the outlines that these people have written up. And I have to go to a place that I believe the near-death experience is actually when your heart stops. Your brain doesn't die immediately. And the last thing to die actually are your eyeballs. So I'm not positive I understand the, this, what happens other mm -hmm. than when I put my mind to a situation, I call that put my mind to it. And someone says, um, who's going to greet my aunt at the time of her death? And I describe mm -hmm. somebody who hasn't died yet. And I already told you about Michael and his aunt Nancy. And she was a, a lovely client of mine. I loved her. And then I didn't hear from her for a while. And he says, oh, she has cancer. Who's going to greet her? And I described someone else in the family who's very much alive. And, and guess what happened? She died six weeks later. But guess who died five weeks later? And this uncle was did die. It was traumatic. It was unexpected. And then he did greet her. So when you put your mind to it, how's my mind going to a near-death experience and seeing who people are being greeted by? And I was talking to, was it today or yesterday? I told this girl, I says, I know what I'm doing. The, I, the thought is, is why can't I do it? And what is the mechanism in our brain that allows me to leave my body to see these situations? And the reason I'm bringing this up is that a lot of clients will talk to me. I think it was yesterday. <laughs> I think it was yesterday I was talking to a client. She, um, oh, yes, yes. I'm so close to saying her name. If she's watching, I'm going to talk about your situation. Someone died unexpectedly in the family. And I started describing a whole bunch of people that greeted him. And then I had described this man, medium, larger bone. You know how everybody knows how I do this. I go detail, detail, medium, larger bone, light, medium, light complexion, a lot of hair on the arms, very masculine square jaw. And she couldn't recognize him initially. I think he was the spirit man who had you know, if you've seen people with spaces in their teeth, like the teeth are too small for the jaw. Mm -hmm. And some people have their teeth crowded together like me. <laughs> so this man showed up and then she goes, oh, my gosh, I know who that is. That was somebody who was very important to my brother very early in his life. And so he was going through the death, near death and going going to go on. And I was able to see this. So when I describe um, uh, passing over or someone going through a near-death experience, this man actually passed over and I was able to describe who greeted him without my knowing who that person was I was describing. Then I have to go to a place of allowing this information to be truthful. And like I said, why can't I do it in the first place? I've been doing this for 32 years, almost every day. Um, yes, I don't work as much as I used to. Thank goodness, right? <laughs> I don't try. I also don't push people out. I know um, softly I say this, I like drama, trauma. My specialties is drama and trauma and grief and dying and all that. And um, uh, I'm not one to push a client out two weeks just to calm them down. I don't push them out a month, two months, because I don't want to deal with their drama. I like that afterward. Mm -hmm. To me, you're in distress. Now's the time to talk to me. And so when people have their death experience, sometimes they don't tell me right away, but they will in confidence. So over these years, I've had a lot, a lot of people tell me about the near-death experience. So I want to sharp interrupt anytime you want. I'm just going to keep talking for a few minutes here. I'm good. <laughs> right. Okay. <clears throat> While I can. Once, right? For once I'm speechless. But I can talk for a few minutes if you're having trouble. Drink some water. Drink some water. <laughs> so on TV, in the movies, I make reference to what you could have seen on TV as a someone passing away. And when you pass away, you can leave your body and 
lot of different ways. And I deal with uh, possession uh, with Karen Rossi, and I know she allowed me to say her name. And so the spirit will attach different parts of the body and you can leave your body in a near death experience or in passing the same way. I have seen people, uh, a spirit reach into someone's body, say, you don't have to be there. We're going to pull you right out. I've seen people leave in the upper part of the body. I've seen people back out of the body. So this one gentleman, excuse me, I don't want to freak anybody out. He was driving an open car. He just got it. He was out mountain driving. And so his um, mother, Pat in Vacaville has given me permission to talk about all the family and I'm going to dig up all those notes, everybody and put them all together. So this man in the family was driving this and he was a football player type looking handsome young man he just got this car and he was going to put that cassette in oh wow and a truck around the corner hit him he came completely everybody his body's here and he got completely thrown out of his body didn't come out of the head didn't come out of the chest absolutely the pack of it and you've seen this um Oh, fudge. <laughs> One of the Marvel movies, Dr. Strange, when he meets that um, that woman, uh, tell it, whatever her name is, and she's the guru. She's the, the leader of all this in the Tibet area. And she just pushes him against his chest and his spirit rams out the back. That actually happened to this man. And I want to speak to that because it was so fast. This man didn't know he passed away. He locked, he looked at his car, the car he just got, and he looked at his body in the car going over the cliff and the truck that hit him also was involved in the wreck. And he looked down and, and for some reason, do my eyes show up somewhere in the space? <laughs> I don't know. He looked at me like, oh shit, excuse me. <laughs> oh, and what was curious, that was death. 99% of the time that someone says to me, who greeted my relative? And I'm going to give all this description, right? I didn't see anybody there. And it's same with near-death experiences. Sometimes you can have someone right there waiting. You're going to have a choice. You can come with me or you can go back. Sometimes there isn't anybody. And I wonder, I haven't taken the tally over all these years. I will start listening to um, 12 years of B3s and start sorting them all out. And at some point, there should be a tally. If you don't see somebody, you have never just experienced, you, you, you have to come back. If you see somebody, you get a choice, you know, or you see somebody and you die and then we wouldn't know, right? Mm -hmm. So in contents with that, I'm only speaking on near-death experiences. It appears, I brought this up for a reason. I'm not rambling. I did give this thought that we have choice to come and go. I do believe that. And I believe that sometimes if you have a rough life and you say, you know, I'm X on my mom, my body, you think it, I'm just going to go. What the heck? And, and if you have a near-death experience, the universe will hear you and allow you to have experience to make a choice. And most of the people have told me that said, well, when a choice was really given to me, I decided I want to say it's because our, our minds control what will happen, but our spirit will say, you know, you wanted to die, so we gave you a chance, and then you said no. Guess what happened, everybody? Yeah, happened to me too. Um, so I was very, I had experience very young in life, and uh, I never talked about it because I didn't think it was, it, I, I didn't make, it didn't make any sense to me, and I thought to myself, well, this is just nuts. I, I'm not even going to bring it up. So I've had this in my, all these years. I was a very sickly, sickly child. And my father, 
father and his mother were Christian scientists. Anybody know what Christian science is? Yeah, spiritualists. But they were Christian scientists. And my grandma was actually uh, a minister of, um, oh, I forgot. I was going to say, like half alive tonight, everybody. Um, faith. I don't know for sure what it was, but it was the 1940s and 50s. But anyway, so he passed away. And my mother brought me up to, brought us up to Northern California, North Sacramento at the time where my grandmother lived. And the first and one thing they did was get my tonsils out. So I would, you know, not shrivel up and die because I was very sickly. And when I went to bed that night, my mother had given me an aspirin. And so I bled out. And in the middle of the night, of course, I'm only six. What does a six know, six-year-old know of death, right? My father was very gifted. And he talked to his dead father all the time. Drove my mother mad. <laughs> and then his mother was alive. And she, he would talk to her. Different households, everybody. They would have a conversation. And mother couldn't hardly deal with it. It was like beyond her. And so when I was exhibiting strange things. And she'd don't you do this. Huh? Okay. Well, I had this experience in the middle of the night. And like I said, I was a sickly child. And I woke up. And I remember this big woman and my grandmothers were alive at that time so it had to be great or great grandmother and she had a light colored dress on and she was soft you ever you ever hold on to a great grandma like <laughs> great grandma but in those years people were soft and i remember holding her hand and it was soft and i seemed to be high and and i said where are we she says i want you to meet some see somebody and when she did showed me it was like i was looking through clouds something and i could see down there down somewhere else and where we had lived um when i finally had the tonsils out was a duplex and in front of the duplex was um a fountain on marconi across from the school which is no longer there uh there was a fountain in this duplex some of you older people might know where it was and i saw two children down there and she says you have to you have to be here for them and the oldest one was dark haired. And then there was the one next to him, uh, next to her. And at the time, I, I had no idea. My daughter um, is a blonde and my son is dark. But it does describe my my daughter's two oldest, uh, two children, uh, dark haired female. And then the boy was lighter and he got darker as he got older. At the time, it didn't mean anything to me. And I was intrigued because they're about my age. And I says, oh, who are they? She says, oh, they're your family. And I go, oh, you know, what did I know? And she says, we want you to go back. And the next thing I know, my mother's man friend uh, ended up being my stepdad. I felt him pick me up. And I remember I was so little, cr cradled me in his arms, and we were rushing to the car. And then I was in the hospital for some days. And I grew up thinking that was a dream that was... Um, I remember being carried out. Uh, I remember having the tonsils out, being home, then him carrying me out in a rush, like desperate. Um, it didn't make sense to me. And then someone said, well, maybe it was the day you went to the hospital to have your tonsils out. I, oh no, I remember walking. I remember that, but being carried out in his arms and he was a lovely man. And so I remember that so clearly. I didn't even grieve my father's death until I was an adult. But I do miss John and uh, because of that. <clears throat> so I know there's a lot of stories. I've already shared a few of children having near-death experiences. 
And of course, I've also mentioned um, Dr. Melvin Morrison. Um, oh my God, uh, Stevenson. Uh, there's so many people that have talked about near-death experiences and everything. But then people will say uh, they want to awaken to the castle. They want to awaken to all the relatives. They want to awaken to uh, their, uh, their deity. And I started really wondering what that meant. And so I had a gentleman come to me once uh, and he had lost someone in the family. It was a man. And the man showed up and he had passed over. And he said, I said, where are you? And he says, I'm in my heaven. And this was uh, 2000. And I said, really? And he said, well, this is what I chose to see. And when I looked through his, he showed me, and it was a landscape as though I rode horses at one time and, and open areas and meadow and the trees and, and the mountains and the, excuse me, <laughs> get my hand down, <laughs> and the mountains in the background. And so this was what he wanted to see and was same with a, a woman who lost her husband. The first thing he saw at death was his hunting partner who preceded him at death with a couple of dogs. And I think there was like, you could watch my eyes, I'm more remember, remember what I saw, uh, maybe four or five deer. That was his heart's desire. So we will all have our heart's desire. If you're a very religious person from wanting to see Buddha to the Christ figure to um, somebody else, because I have Jewish clients. And one day I was talking about what they want to see because there's so many people say, I passed over the first person I saw was my Christ, the savior, the God's only child. Yet I can talk to a Jewish person. They don't get that. I have uh, friends who are Buddhist. They don't get that. They get their teachers, they get other things. And I seem to feel that uh, passing over is the same as a near-death experience, but our choice is not to go on. Of course, if you're terribly damaged, and I call it being damaged when you have body disease or a terrible accident, like the man who was thrown out of his car, in that instant, whatever you are about, your heart's desire. And I've already told the audience, I see my mother, um, I, I see my father in the background, he died in 55. That's a really long time ago. And I've said to someone the other day that I forgot what he looked like. Terrible, right? And all of a sudden, I started having a sense of him being there for me. But what will I do next? Well, someone I trust to talk to, she says, I see immediately running and, or being on a horse. Seems like you want to do both. Most of you don't know I rode horses for a while, and I'm a long-distance runner. What's my heart desire is get that feeling of power and freedom back. Because as you age, you can't do as much as you used to. Yes, I'll, I told my daughter and son, I, I said, um, don't miss me for a while, I'll be gone. And that's because I want to travel, go in time. And so you can create your heart's desire. You can create who you want to meet. You can create your activities. If you want to travel in time at the moment of death, you can. What takes us from almost dying, passing over, and then coming back? And most of you have, there's so many people I can talk about from the woman who was in a, uh, got in the canoe and then got trapped underneath the water. Oh, she's a physician. She came back and to the uh, Indian woman who had cancer throughout her body. She went over, she was cured. She was come back. I was very sickly ill as a child. Very, very, you've seen these little tiny children from starving countries with the big knee and they're so thin. Well, that's what was me. I was a terribly thin, I was so sickly. I was a preemie, My, all three of us were, but for some reason um, I had trouble tonsils and ear 
you know, you know, those kids it has a stop to my life. You know, you get dished out, but you get dished out. And this is my body for the talent I have to be able to help tens of thousands of people. So we choose a life, a pattern, a, a, a choose a body, a life, the passion, the pattern of whatever you're going to go through, whatever you're supposed to help humanity with or not. Or maybe it's just a secret desire to watch your brother or sister grow up, be a witness. I had a lady come to me once. She says, I can't figure out my life. Why am I even here? And the moment I did, I saw this man standing next to her. I says, oh, you're here for somebody. And I gave this description. He says, <laughs> well, that's my brother. <laughs> and I went, I'm sorry. I said, did you come here to witness his progress? And oh, she just threw her hands up. So if any of you are watching this and I've told you your story, call me back. Anyway, he had a lot of uh, health child, uh, not drug things going on and and he progressed and he got better well she was to witness him recovering and being a better person so he didn't want to do this without somebody witnessing and knowing and she says oh yeah i can see that even though she had children she felt like it wasn't enough but witnessing her brother achieve be better overcome that was her big reward so how do we know the purpose of our life? Is it incorporated into the near-death experience? Absolutely. And do you not want to live? Do you get sick enough? So I had, I married my high school sweetheart. Oh my God, we were so in love. But what do children know at 19 and 20? That in my years, when I got married in 67, that was very common. And my husband was part of a Catholic group and five couples, all five of us got married. <laughs> On the same day, I was invited to two other weddings to be the bridesmaids, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know if any of us made it because we grew up. We're not even adults until we're 25. Right. We don't even become who we're supposed to be. So it's unfortunate. And it wasn't like it was happy, but we felt committed. When I was young <clears throat> and we were married, I didn't know anybody divorced. It was not something that was acceptable. So I tried to kill myself. I got cancer, not a little bit, a lot, yeah. And I realized when I got the cancer that I didn't know myself. I didn't know what I was, who I was. I was so involved with life. I didn't know my talents. I could paint, I could run, I could ride horses. We had garden, we had the life, that fast track couple they call it. But yet, what was wrong? What did I create? Did I create the cancer? I don't like that because we don't, I don't want anybody to write me a three-year-old child that died of cancer. Don't do that to me. But why do we choose a child life that dies? Why did I choose this life? Well, I know why, because I've been doing this for 32 years. I've helped thousands of people and it's not like it's fun, everybody. It's gratifying. It's soul search. It's soul satisfying. Oh yeah. I know someone said, well, good for her. What is yours? Are you supposed to teach piano to children on the street? What is your path? What is your passion? And so sometimes when we can't face life, we create a way to be able to get out of it. And I, I admit to that. And so um, I was 39 and 87, 39. And in those years, chemotherapy killed people. So they did what they could for me. 
and I had all the treatment, had lost, had three surgeries, and it was more than they thought, and then let's go back in, and it was terrible, terrible. And yet, what that taught me was gratitude. I get mm -hmm. to live. Oh my gosh. You know, it, they didn't tell me for a year and a half. You know, I kept going in every few months. I had that Damascus sword over my head for 15 years. Oh, if you live 15 years, you'll be okay. Can you imagine living that way? And then I saw to myself, what's the purpose and passion in my life? What is going on? Because I almost got, they said if I had waited six months, I would, it would have been through my body. I would never be able to survive it. So sometimes when we're so unhappy, so unfulfilled, so desperate for life, what do you do? What are you creating? Are you alcohol, mm -hmm. drugs, or do you get sick with something? Do we sabotage? And then if you have a near-death experience or almost, what does it teach you? You fall back into the pattern or do you say, oops, I'm not doing that again. So I want you to give it some thought, but I want to continue on the near-death experience of what I have felt and seen and done. So with, uh, with that cancer, uh, it was ironic. I'm just going to share it because it was told to me. Uh, November, December, and then January, I had appendicitis attack. I went to the hospital. They admitted me for a couple of days, but they didn't want to do surgery because they didn't want to cut me. And if you have cancer that spread and they mm -hmm. cut you, it spreads more. Because I wasn't done because in... Um, I think it was first February 7th, I had to have a third surgery to find out where else it went, right? And while I was in there, and, and I'm going to do it briefly, just cover it. There were three women and one woman was crying and she was making phone calls. They had admitted her because she was going to die and she didn't know it until they did exploratory. And she was crying. I heard her say to mother, grandmother, They've given me two weeks and they won't let me leave the hospital. So a psychic friend, Donna Vasquez, she was out of Sacramento. I had met her and fell in love with her. Just darling, darling. And she was uh, kind of my support system at the time to get into this. Somehow she saw more for me. And she says, do you know that you died that night? And I go, oh, then no, no, absolutely not. You know, I felt fine. She says, during the night, your spirits talk to each other. And she was more gifted and she inspired you to get in, to leave your life and go into the next stage. And I thought, I can't, I can't get that. You know, I couldn't accept it, but why mm -hmm. would she say that? So even though I didn't have a death that I understood, the death of my past happened and that does occur. Um, and so in people's illnesses, we may have out-of-body experiences where we meet other out-of-body experiences whether to say, continue, go forward, be the person you want to be. How many people have had near-death experiences and changed everything? How many have been so ill that they have a transitional, oh, it's a step in. Oh, no, no, I don't think so. I think we'd step out of our stuff and get into another stuff, something else. And that is exactly. So my cancer was 87, November, December of 87, and then January and February of 88. I left my husband July 1st of 88. Mm -hmm. A year and a half later, the doc said, you know what? I, we, you may just live. We'll keep looking at you every six months for 15 years. <laughs> oh, it almost makes you cry. And the universe heard that. And I cried on my way home from work one day. 
And I said, thank you for my life and my sanity. And if you wish, I will work for you the rest of my life. That was my birthday. Why would I make something like that up? My birthday, 1990. And the spirit, I said it in the, I've always driven Volkswagen, so lime green Volkswagen with the top open, like this on the freeways. I'm praying, saying, thank you, thank you. And the following Friday night, the universe directed me to the Spirit of Grace. I had no idea what was going on. And I saw for the first time psychometry. It was the first day for the rest of my life. Big time story. I want you to remember a dream, remember what dreams may come. When he first passes over, I'm talking Robin Williams. He first passes over, the first thing he sees is his wife's drawings, paintings. It wasn't necessarily his choice, but it was the young man that greeted him to take him to the inside of his wife's paintings and the beautiful artwork. And if you remember, it was paint and he was sloshing around and the dog that they family had loved greeted him. And he was so astonished that the dog greeted him. He had no agenda. He was, he was a doctor. He had no agenda. But yet the person that greeted him ultimately was his son. So you need to watch it. Uh, Cuba Jr. I forgot his first name. Charwood's that fellow's yeah. young. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Cuba Jr. Who, I did say it one, one time. Yeah, my mouth. It was Cuba Jr. Oh, yes. Darling, darling guy. He was really good. He, he had the emotions of, he was a man, but he had the emotions of a boy. And so he took him to his wife's painting, the mother's paintings. But in the movie, they showed um, Robin Williams to a staircase, huge, like an amphitheater. Down was a river. And across the river was what we call um, heaven. And all cultures were sitting. All eras were sitting. That's not the first, excuse me. It's <laughs> like I put my finger. So people who talk to me about their death, their experiences, because I talk about it and then I'll get notes. And I'll, oh my gosh, I've had letters sent to me. Um, I have to post some. I'll find, I'll do what I can, but a lot of it's audio and people share with me. And they say, where's, where is the, um, where's heaven? I can't see it normally. I can point to it. I can always seem to point to it. So no matter where I travel, it can be this way or that way. There is a gathering place. And uh, from the people that I talk to, they say they saw themselves in the celestial city and it's white and it's marble. Well, I've always told people there is no structure. Who's building it? Who's in the factories there? Mm -hmm. In the heavens, what, where is it? Well, it's made out of the same matter as the universe itself. And so if I said to you, there is a, red ball right in the middle of my hand and it's golden and it and god had his hand on it and blah blah blah, blah. and it made it wonderful well, you know what everybody after a while looking at it would start seeing a red ball so i think that the celestial city is a not an imaginary but a self-created environment because when we pass over all the stories that people tell me of near their death experiences seem to be so varied there's no there is some common thread it's like little kids that get a near-death experience. Every one of them is different. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. And and it's actually amazing. I told the story about the little boy passed over, came back. And it was two decades back. Someone shared it with me. And it was a true story of someone in their family. And this little boy got on a train. He was taking a trip. And all these other people, was, he was the only little kid. And so people started getting off. 
And the little boy thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to get off. So the train stopped and he got off. And there was this huge, tall, tall man. And the little man, the boy says, where am I? And the man says, you shouldn't be here. You need to go back. And the little boy said, why? He says, this is where the doggy and cat heaven is. And so through his eyes, I could see all these animals. That kind of surprised me because I've never seen that. But in what we would call the heaven environment, you create. And that was another thing my friend said that all those years I was running, I had a big black dog and she didn't know this hundred pound dog would run with me. Plus the hundred pound dog, Caesar, German Shepherd next door. She was a black lab. And she started describing the big animal that would be with me. And it, oh, it makes so much sense. Absolutely, you kids don't know. <laughs> And uh, the Auburn Lake Trails and Granite up to Auburn, I, those little trails, horse riding and running, 13 miles. That was an afternoon run for me. So for her to say that surprise, didn't surprise me. I look forward to it. I know we survive. There's so many people who have near-death experiences. And they see these relatives. They don't know who they are until they get there. And they go, oh, my gosh, I remember you from my childhood. One lady was talking about her near-death um, passing over and come back and she um was that one and she didn't recognize this woman and so i started describing her and she goes oh and i said to her i says i smell cookies with her and she went when she was growing up they had a lady next door who was very elderly and she loved these darling children to live next door and she baked cookies and bring them over so she was a love interest for her a feel good so when she passed over and then came back, this confused her. Who was this woman? And I reminded her because the woman knew that she would come to me and ask questions. So I was able to get the smell of chocolate chip cookies, uh, the idea of baking, that she didn't live in the family. She lived next door. And they had lived in what we call the shotgun houses, long, narrow with a porch in the front. So she was not part of that family. She was in the shotgun house next door with the porch and the the beams that go up to the ceiling. I was able to, and I'm remembering right now, the wooden planks on the front, how they were worn. So it wasn't fresh wood, it was older wood. And uh, it was actually kind of, um, I get real emotional because I feel the joy when they start recognizing like the lady next yesterday talking about the, who greeted her brother. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, she is getting something from talking to me. And I encourage everybody, if you have an ability, you want to do this, please start practicing and um, get into groups because that seems to be what, it, what works better now. I was part of a church for 15 years. And those of you who might recognize me from Spirit of Grace and um, all the events up and down California, um, big California expos, Evolving Times expos, and the psychic fairs at Madison and the freeway and going all the way down to Visalia and everywhere. And so um, you just got to put yourself out there. Um, and one of the most gratifying is the near death experience of when people pass over, you can describe their family members or have a sense of it. Because I feel it it's so satisfying on that. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Um, real quick, real quick, real quick. On the note of the, of the dogs and cats. Okay. Yeah. It'd be cool. I'm just throwing this out there because I it happened to my father. Okay. When he got his NDE. Think of this. 
your deceased pets can talk to you and you can understand them. Right. Absolutely. So cool. My father was in the hospital. He'd had triple pneumonia. He had a heart attack. He crut. He, he, he went out of body. His dog from, he had this dog from World War II that he used to patrol with oh, oh. on the beaches. And when he came home, he was able to bring the dog back with him. And it finally passed away. And he got out of body, started to walk across the room, and the dog was at the other side of the room. Oh. Waiting for him. So he walked towards the dog. They, they were in a field. They were walking together. And then the dog turned around and said, you can't come. You're not. It's not time yet. I love that. Isn't that cool that. to think that your deceased dog, that when you go, God, I'm, I'm going to have a busy deceased dog thing because they're everywhere for me. You guys have had so many animals. You're going <laughs> to. My cats, my dogs, my birds. It's, it's going to be unnerving. It's going to be like Dr. Doodle. Doodle <laughs> You're going to be Dr. Doodle on the other side. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool to think that when you get over there, your dogs can talk to you and you can talk back. Well, it's all, you know, I've done readings. Many of you have known that um, at Armstrong, and I was going to do this and I just got too busy, everybody. I promised to list uh, Armstrong and Getty show. Um, I got, got one recording. I don't know which one it was. I was on there uh, promoting um, uh, Dean's holistic um, psychic fair. Mm -hmm. And they had me talk about the animals. And these animals talked to me. So why wouldn't they talk to you after, on yeah. the other side? Uh, our consciousness. And you say, well, what language would <laughs> the Siamese cat? And you just heard my cat. The, you know, I can... Hate to admit to this i know that cat when it's in a bad mood or wanting attention i can feel that push like now leave me alone i've had enough of you, <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. they do talk to you and and that's what's really exciting is it seems like in the afterlife and this is confusing to me um you will see the animal but and in their lifetime unless you have the cat dog in front of a mirror so they can identify. You've seen them on Facebook. Oh my gosh, the cat and dog see himself for the first time in a mirror. They have no conscience of what they look like until they figure it out. So sometimes how you can't, how did the deer and that one lady, uh, the husband that passed away was greeted? How did the deer create a visual of themselves? I, I don't understand that. How can a bird know what they're going to look like if they don't know what they're going to look like? So I could look at a bird all day long and say, is that what I look like? Because I have no way of looking at me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've talked to you endless hours. Um, I said this to a gentleman um, about a week ago. I said, uh, I was having a funny moment. I, I don't mean to, but if I don't turn it off, I see spirit people all the time. And it's like, I, <laughs> I told you, my husband drove me by a cemetery to show me around town. I want to know where the theater was. And he passed two cemeteries and I went, oh, please. There was three standing there and a two over there. I'm not wanting them to see me because I'm knocking on my door. And why are they still there? You know, leave me alone. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of like I got to turn it off. I got to fight it all the time. Right. So in some ways. Um, it. So anyway, I was telling with this gentleman, I said, you pass over suddenly and you go, wow, I'm, I'm dead. You look down and you're fully formed and you're doing your existence. Well, after a while, it takes a lot of energy to create your feet. So you take a shoe, you, you look down one day and your shoes are gone. So is your feet because you can't remember exactly what they look like. It's like if I said, now it's summertime because I don't wear socks. 
But in the wintertime, put a pair of socks on. And then at night, think, what color did I put on? For you gentlemen, for us women, I like the white or, mm -hmm. you know, solid color. But after a while, you forget. You forget what shirt you have. You have a memory of seeing yourself in your coffin or cremation or something. You might see yourself last in the bed or however you died. And I always tell people, you know, I, I don't know if I want to die in a hospital bed in a gown. Hmm. Find your favorite outfit and keep it handy. <laughs> this is what I want to remember. <laughs> you know, drown the ocean with the bane suit on. Is that how you're going to see yourself the rest of your life? You want that? And they, and that's not being facetious. You just, that's what you remember because it was the pivoting point for your existence. Mm -hmm. And so that's, it's not humorous, but it was to me when I started thinking about it. Uh, and I have seen, um, oh my gosh, the stories in my head. Um, oh, I don't know if I can mention. So I saw an astronaut in, in their astronaut outfit. I went, wow. Which, who, which one am I looking at? You know, and I, I just also want to say, I did see um, a, a, someone of the Catholic faith really high up, not the white outfit, but something like red, you know, really high up. And I described it as someone who's uh, in a Catholic situation where they see these kinds of people and they go, oh my gosh, you just described. And I says, well, it's not somebody I would see every day. But mm -hmm. I did see that. And in the afterlife, there is no religion. So you can have all these people dressed according to their life structure. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, what are they all kind of, middle, what's all this, you know? And they do like each, be around each other. They compare life stories. Well, what did you do in this life? Look at how they are dressed. Do you like that? And it's like share time in first, second, third grade. How was your summer? Oh, I just had so much fun. What? What happened? Well, I was a car, race car driver and I crashed and it was just very exciting. Oh, well, that's not exciting, but it was to them. I had a grand finale. Woo! <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I'm not making light of this, but I want you to be open to the idea that we create our heaven here on earth, that way we live. We create our near-death experiences because we have attitudes, our issues in our life. Sometimes they'll come out in our vision. How many people you know have near-death experiences and they had issues with people? And then they float to the other side and they go, I have greater understanding of everything. Now I know why we don't get along. Well, okay. Doesn't mean you have to get along with them now. You could just ignore them if they give you a lot of issues. But we are greater understanding as soon as you pass over. We go, oh, I now know. I know now. And so we carry some of that in their death experiences. Maybe the satisfiers are to wake us up. The red brick of God came down and hit me on the head really hard and said, grow up. What's your life about? Or let you die if that's really what you want to do. But we held you back. We got you into the doctor six months before it would be too late, just so you have a choice. And how many of you have had those illnesses? Huh? Or fighting illnesses? Are you going to give in to it and let it go? You know, I always tell people, don't do suicide. You know why? Because if it's not your time, you're going to get stuck with what you've done to your body. Oh, Kachara's reading something. Okay, reading yeah. huh? reading, you guys. I'm just reading. Keep talking. I'm reading. <laughs> Keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> I had a list of things I want to talk about. And of course, I start talking and women of a certain age group, we start talking and get distracted and we kind of veer off. <laughs> I know, I know it's you. When it came up, Rich, I had to look and go, okay, yeah, okay. 
Okay. Uh, Nancy, here's a weird question. Here's a question that just came in that's kind of interesting. Now, when you cross over, like you say, everybody has their set careers and stuff that they did in life. Now, are you able to communicate with famous people? Like, let's say, let's say, let's say you cross over and maybe you see Elvis off in the distance. Are you able to talk to Elvis or, or is it like a, a separated thing? That's curious. And so I was doing a um, big event in the Valley. And the person that was going to talk to Elvis didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to talk to Elvis, Elvis, but remember, and this was, uh, he died in 77, I think, was it? Yeah. Okay. Remember I had, uh, I gotten this in 90. <clears throat> and so, um, the thing about spirit people, they really have their own mind. They are going to do what they want to do because if someone said to me, by the way, Nance, we're just going to push in your face and the flesh is going to fall on the ground, but you're going to be sitting there. Mm-hmm. I haven't really changed a lot. If I want to go find Elvis, maybe I think about Elvis hard enough. I would go to where he is. He didn't show up when I wanted him. But guess who showed up? His his mother or the person that took care of him as a child. So I think his mother showed up and she brought with me here his tricycle. And she said, um, I didn't want to. You'll have to check on the tricycle. I think it was blue. And she came with the tricycle and people in the audience knew who I was talking to. And she said she had not wanted to die. Remember, this is 90. And she had died, what, in the 60s? And why did she show up to talk to me? There might have been someone in the audience that needed to have information. We don't know. And it was recorded. Go ahead, Char. So you can ask to see somebody. I don't know if they want that movie. um... Oh no! Now I'm having a brain fart. What? Brain fart? You said brain fart? Yeah. I didn't watch that. I would like to think that once we cross, or if we have these things, that we could create, like you say, like you were saying, to create our heaven, what we see as heaven. So maybe just you know, I'm just I'm just throwing this out there that maybe if we want to see Elvis, if we want to see Michael Jackson, or we want to see somebody that we admire, we can create that person. I'm, it's very possible, uh, or because I haven't died that I remember that situation. I think I have had many life, I, you know, don't get me talking about the flashes I've had. It's crazy. Good topic, Red Rich. Yes, go ahead. I, it's like, um, someone said to me, I want to see my Lord Master, the Christ, especially and everything. I says, I'm absolutely sure that you will. Absolutely. And how can we, when we have so many people die at once, an event, how many are Christians that want to see the Christ person? I think that that's created for us. Um, the, I'm trying to real fast go through my memory of all the people who've had near-death experience and what they saw. Uh, it seems universal that we're surrounded. And I'm thinking of Melvin Morris. And uh, anyway, um, he talks about, and I talked about this already. I was very interested when I started thinking about reading up on it. And I had a young woman, uh, in fact, it was a young woman died of leukemia and her m- mother was holding her hand and the portal opened up that she could go with what I would call an angel, um, a celestial being, I'll call her. And this woman was holding onto this girl's hand. Now, this is what confused me at the time. The young woman who was like 18 years old, she looked at me. So I've had access to time evidently. 
And she said to me, tell my mother to let go of my hand so I can go and tell my mother that I can see how golden bright it is with a hint of pink. Mm -hmm. And so she described this landscape that was being shown to me, to her. And I said to the mother, she wanted you to let go of her hand so she could leave you. And in that vision, when I said that, the daughter who died two years earlier, she let go. And so I'm under the impression that if we forgive or we think back a situation in our life that's terrible, we, we forgive, we can change a, a, like a domino, the emotions and feelings coming forward. That's a whole new topic. And I'm really actively exploring um, the domino effect of forgiveness of people in our past. You know what? Uh, the question is, can you develop friendships with someone like somebody that's famous like that? I would think so. You know, once you cross over, like, like, it, like if you, but it, it, like I was saying, you know, I think that the possibility is there. I'm not saying you can. I would think it, it's, it's possible that maybe when you do cross over, if you make that reality for yourself, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can become friends with someone famous. I mean, yeah. I, I, wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind having Elvis like hanging with me, man. You know, just kind of. I think that's really intriguing to think about. Um, my generation, yeah. a lot of um, stars have passed over. Mm -hmm. But if I wanted to meet Janice Joplin, where is she? Maybe she's not even in here. Maybe her spirit has come back and is experiencing another life. Maybe she's Lady Gaga. We don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. Look how many prodigies are being shown on in the news and on Facebook. These children are coming back with wonderful musical abilities and piano and three or four year olds pounding away on a you know in an orchestra. I mean, they're born with this ability. Let me think about that. On one of them, I said, "Oh, she's come back." Oh, I think I remember it was um, one of the jazz singers. And she's now an epitome of this jazz singer. Um, I don't know, but right. it, I thought to myself, yeah, she's been. Uh, she won Norway's um, American uh, American Got Talent, and not American, but Norway Got Talent. And then she came here to the United States, and she sings, and she's got this husky voice. And and people said she sounds just like, you know, somebody from the past. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, you wonder, can we redo? If we didn't get to finish right yeah yeah well, it's like so. made in heaven that's the movie that's the movie I'm oh i made reference that before yes, you, me, love. I mean, when you go and, and there are a whole theory behind it over there when, when he's talking to god the one that's smoking like a like a furnace is yeah. that you can make your own reality so i mean if you want to if you want to hang out in a certain you know bunch of people or hang out in the rock in, in the rock and roll world or whatever you want to do you can create that reality for yourself absolutely if you want to live in disneyland you know you, you can do Actually, that so I found that when they make fun just be in disneyland for a few days that's what i know? would like to think it's like you know that that, that i can go live on a hawaiian island somewhere and not be bothered for the rest of my eternity you know what i mean or i can come back you know or i can decide and make that decision to come back you know but we're not really going to know until we go well, and, and from what I, of the people who talk about um, reincarnation. So I always tell people, if you want to learn more about reincarnation, look up, um, just put reincarnation children's stories. And YouTube, I know there's plenty of sites, but one of them is LMN. Go to that channel 
and you scroll down, you'll see Ghosts of My Child. Right. Or type in uh, children reincarnation stories. Right. And two, three, and four-year-old will talk about past life. And it's absolutely fascinating. As many ways as we can create a near-death experience scenario or Passover, and I tell the story, those children say, I came to you, I had to come down a ladder. One little boy said, I, I went down a string. And I have never seen that like this. When I see a spirit with a couple, I see them after the fact, when they go into the sleep. Like mm -hmm. they'll go and surround the parent whom they will have a lifetime connection. It's not always the mother, it could be the father. So you'll hear men say, you know, it's time I want a family. Oh, there's a spirit with that person. He's mm -hmm. feeling like he needs to start a family. And a woman will say the same thing. It's not one or both. It's 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 going to be one, not necessarily both parents that will say, oh, this is time. I need to do this. It's like and, you said, it's like you said earlier, too, with it, with your NDE. When you came out of it, you had a clearer idea of what you were supposed to do. Karen <laughs> Clark's a perfect example of that. Psychic oh. abilities run in her family, but it didn't come out until she had an NDE. And then she started having uh, stronger psychic experiences after her NDE. So sometimes these NDEs can lead to other things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I was always this way. In fact, when my father was killed, um, we live in Hollywood and he came to us. And I remember thinking how odd he looked. And then I told his mother, my grandmother, and she, I guess three, four times I was talking, I was six. And I'd, I'd say, Daddy visited us last night, and she, he said this. So it's always, so I was always this way, but I don't think it was acceptable. Um, it showed up in high school again. For some reason, it just... And then during my marriage, um, it was evident that I knew things. And both my kids, uh, especially my son, showed a lot of abilities as a child. And um, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. So, But I was ignoring it, not wanting it. But the cancer made me aware that there had to be more to life and the reason for living was to find whatever passion you had for living. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know I was doing going to do this. So, But I chose this body for a reason. So I feel like this is what I was meant to do. And like Nancy says, you know, the, the versions of people that have these NDEs vary a lot. You know, yes. like, like you always look at one person's heaven is different than your heaven might be. I mean, people that greet you. Going back to that, I mean... I've come in contact, I've had mediums in my house that have said that there's relatives here that go back years and years and years. People, I have no I have no clue who the hell they are, you know? Just, <laughs> and so, I mean, the, who knows? Maybe that's what, who will meet me when I cry, you know, when I finally make that journey. I don't know. So it makes a lot of sense that maybe somebody else, well, like in the case of my friend whose brother recently passed. Uh-huh. The night that we went to his house to clean it out, which I told a story here, or to help, there was a man with him that she, she didn't know who it was. And was it someone I had described? That they had no, yeah, Nancy had described an uncle that they had not had any contact with, yet they, he was with him. Right. So you never know who's going to come forth. And, you know, these people might be people, too, that you have their traits because that stuff gets passed down generation, generation, generation. So it might be an uncle or an aunt that you have their traits and, and they feel close to you and blah, 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 blah. And so when you go, that's who's going to help you. Uh, one more thought about that. This is curious. It was also like 2001. I had a lady come and we were doing this 
whatever she was asking me. And then she stopped. She says, I want to tell you a story. What do you think about this? Heck, I love, I love stories. And so uh, she was talking about her nine-year-old, how he one day when he was three, four years old, four years old, he said to her, uh, I miss grandma. Well, grandma's coming. Oh, not that grandma, the mm -hmm. other grandma. And when he was in heaven, he met a great grandma. I think it was her grandmother, the mother's grandmother. And they were kept company to each other. And he says, I miss her so much. And she said to me, she said, uh, she had died almost 10 years before he was born. So she was there to take care of him. And I have seen that before. Mm -hmm. I've seen that several times where I will see a, a child yet to be born being taken care of by an elderly person. And it could be a man or woman, but it has to be somebody that the family would. And so I describe these people and they have to think for a minute. They go, oh, my, I, I know exactly who that is. Mm -hmm. And it, like I tell people over and over and over, there's no magic. This is what I am. There's going to be someone there. I'm going to describe them. If there's not there, I'm not going to describe them. So when I see people, I love, I remember I have an artist's eye and I give all this detail and it's just fascinating because I'd like to, not to stump them, but I'd like to get enough detail. They go, oh my gosh, that's, he had space between his teeth. His teeth were smaller for his, for his big jaw. And they go, oh my God, you know, like, and I, what I get from that is that the fear of death or the fear of a near death experience. And everybody knows that Anne Hirsch just died. And I thought of her and I saw a man greet her. It's like her body, her spirit left her body early. And this big man, she's a little tiny thing. So it was a father, grandfather, anybody know her? Kind of straightened down guy, not really broad shoulders, but medium sized shoulders. And he, he was there at the car. He says, you're, you're going to come with me. And I, I weeped a little. And I thought, why am I being shown that? But it was to give her peace. So when they pulled her out, I guess she, I don't know that she was with her spirit. She knew she was going to get to leave. And this man took care of her. Kind of mm -hmm. makes me, I put my mind to the situation, I guess they call it. I had sympathy for somebody. I know that there's circumstances, but no one wants to have that kind of experience. And I put my mind to it and I could see this man come in from the passenger side and say, you don't have to be here for this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whether it would be. Here's a question to continue on. That. I was curious to know if Nancy, let me see, I got to pull this up. God, I can't be blind. <laughs> Where are you going, Sunny? <laughs> I was curious to know if Nancy made any spirit friends that like to hang out with her or how she, or she has two strong boundaries set. Uh, the boundaries are really harsh. Um, uh, spirit friends. You know, mom and dad are a spirit. Mom is, I, yeah, she's nearby. She's in back of me. She liked to watch me. I have nobody that comes around regularly. It's because I deserve a life. Whatever my experience is, I, I, if I'm continually interrupted, and it does happen, but they're strangers. I'll feel someone hop in real fast, and I go, whoa, <laughs> who are you? And they know that they have given a message to somebody to talk to me about them. So I, 
um, I've had a lot of people show up, um, some, some very confusing to me. Um, I saw a young woman was straight, kind of um, a heavier Hispanic look, uh, wavy, curly black hair, but wet. And she had a white dress with little ruffles on it. And she was this recently deceased. And I go, what am I to do with that? You know, um, it's really frustrating sometimes. Like, I, I don't know how to do this. I did work with um, a group out of Arizona and the gentleman was a detective and he, I tried to find it and, and it has closed down. It's called um, uh, find me to something like that. And it was, um, he had cold cases. And so we tried to help. But when you get into a place where you see the spirit people everywhere, you don't want to talk to them. And um, there was a movie out years back and it was an English comedian and he went in for a colonoscopy and he died. And when he came out, they didn't tell him. So he goes to his apartment on the way in the street, he passes people and he says, hi. And the spirit man, woman, they start noticing that he can be seen, that they are being seen by him. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what it lost souls. It, it was a fun movie. And he lives in a apartment complex with a widow upstairs. And the husband of that widow talks him into giving forgiveness that he played around on his wife. And then, of course, they fall up. Anybody know what movie I'm talking about? It's an English comedian. He's a dentist. And he's a really awful man in the movie. But he comes around because all the spirit people talk to him all the time. There is a unfortunate thing. I can't always hear him really clearly as much as they show me pictures, I get messages. People have seen that. The other day when that man asked me, we, I was talking to him, all of a sudden the man that was standing next to him, I said, who are you? And he sat down real quick and with, you know how the newspapers, used, anybody know what a newspaper is? Big newspaper, he opened it up and went flash like that to, to straighten it out. And he sat down there and he started reading this newspaper. I went, wow, that's a strange message, right? Well, it was um, someone in his family, I think it was a grandfather, they were Arabs. And they came here to live, but he he got Arab newspaper delivered as fat as often as he could, and he was he would get that newspaper, sit down real quick, and flash it open and start reading in Arabic his newspaper from back home. And the man stood there, he goes, "Oh my gosh, how did you know that?" I said, "The man wants me to know you're he's here with you." So those are the kind of things I I get a lot, um, but I don't hear this wrong anybody. I don't know if I want a spirit friend. I want to live my life full, fully as a human being in the flesh. And I want to, I want to live. And I've had some serious illnesses since the cancer, <clears throat> but I, gosh darn, you know, you'll fight it every minute because this is so exciting to be alive and no one's life is easy. My husband and I have had some pretty rough times, illnesses and finances from this recessions, but life is still precious. And it's exciting. And I, if I can give that message to anybody who's suffering, one breath at a time, one step at a time. If you surrender, they'll give you an out. If you can't do it, they'll let you have an out. They'll give you a serious illness or something. And then your inner person will make a choice. And I'm not saying whoever's listening to this, oh, she's full of, well, I've lived it. And so is Char. Yeah. So a lot of people I know, especially in this business, and people who talk to me, it's amazing the number of people who've had the aha moment 
either had near-death experience from a terrible accident or a serious illness or heart attack. Mm -hmm. I, I just deal with a lot of that and they wake up, comes back, yep. you know? So, um, well, I've done pretty good for an hour. Is there That's any good. questions? I'm just gonna Stay with me, huh? You're confusing my mind. <laughs> I'm just a little tired today. I was just going to add in closing um, about spirit friends. I have, my mother is here all the time. My father, uh, I, yeah, has, has been hanging out all the time. I have an uncle that hangs out with me. Yeah, so, I see. Yeah, you know, what's, you know what's funny about it is that it makes me a better person. They're still here watching. It's like this. They're here going, eh, you know, shower time is really hard. I got to a place because <laughs> I have shepherd people around me all the time. You know what? I enjoy being a person. Yeah. Um, you're older. You know, we don't look like a model anymore. And I go. <laughs> now, I just, I'm, I just, I'm, I just, I'm, I just I'm, my life. That's what I do. And I figure they're either going to like it or they're not. Right. But I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> years old now and they can just deal with it. I'm an adult now. I, I think your parents are so used to having you in their life and they live there. You guys have lived there forever. Yes, that is why. their life. Here. That's their heaven yeah. is to be there with you. Yeah. Which is fine. Don't go away. Right. I'm good. Yeah. 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 But just let me live my life. I, mean, I don't think they interfere. In, in fact, the feelings I experience is that you're alive and they aren't going to step into you, mm -hmm. which has happened to me also. But they want to, um, I'm going to go here with this. Uh, everybody knows I love coffee. And I do put baking soda in my coffee to get rid of the acid. I have learned that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Just a, a fourth of a teaspoon in a pot of coffee gets rid of the acid burn feeling. And I and I enjoy it. And people say, what kind? I said, just regular, decaf and regular together with cream and sugar. When I take that first step in the morning, Oh my God, it's so great. Well, if spirit people are sitting around, you know, they can't smell. Right. They can't taste, but they remember. So hold on. Client. So what they do is they go around people like coffee shops, restaurants, and they'll go in a coffee shop and watch people enjoy that first sip because they remember. Mm -hmm. So whatever your most precious desire. Um I'm not a greedy person. I'm not someone that goes out a lot and do things. I'm very easy to please. And a cup of coffee in the morning is very lovely. And to sit outside uh, up there at Hornbrook, I go out and sit on the deck. And I do miss that. It's not going to be in my life anymore. But we have a big backyard here. So my husband is designing pebble, you know, stones. So we go out. And, because that outdoor first cup in the morning when it's nice, that's what they miss. Mm -hmm. In the smoke shop, I went to um, so, <laughs> should I say, went to Sunrise Mall, and they have a smoke shop there where they sell cigars and everything. So one time I went out there and I went, oh my God, the people, the men that are the people that are around the front door area, they're not necessarily old inside. They're waiting for these people to come out with that cigar or cigarette and light it outside of the shop. And I was ap sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? But you know, they love pizza and they remember, you know, it's like wherever the most desirable places could be Las Vegas. Oh, talk about spirit people there. Can you imagine seeing the shows that people are standing around? I've seen spirit people in movies. Yeah, movies. Movies a lot. They want to experience it too. And uh, how great um, the movie CGI has gotten. 
-hmm. Well, as a person, they'll go to the movies just like you will. They want to see it too. And I would be that way. I haven't gone to a lot of movies living up there. But I told her. Where I'm in a movie, I'm with a psychic, and they they come to like ghost movies. Like when I first saw the others. Oh, (laughs) that's a good one. And she looked at me, and my psychic goes, You know what? There's two of us in this row, but you know what? (laughs) Everything's. Right. What? The dead people are here watching the movie. And I've I've seen that too. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, children come. And yeah. children, children spirits want to be around other children's spirits. Yeah. And dogs and cats. Like a friend of mine's dog died. Remember I said pet sitter? Uh-huh. And she said to me one day, where's my dog? And I went, dog is in heaven here on earth. He's with the other dogs running around the yard. Right. And she, she got to a place of accept, accepting that, wherever your heaven is. Uh, cruise ships. Oh, eh. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. How about the little old ladies that die, dance with the 20 year olds? You know, they die and they go, I'm going to go back and dance with those boys. <laughs> Cougar time. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm cross wrong. <laughs> Anyhow, guys, quick announcement. Okay. Next Friday, we're changing it up a bit. I have a guest that's on a book tour and she specially right. requested to be on a Friday. So Nancy's going to be back on Tuesday this coming week. Okay, so we're switching it up. And of course, every other every other time we do this, we do questions day. So, give me a couple days to figure out what I'm going to have you guys ask Nancy. Okay, it takes me a couple days because I got a lot going on, but we'll get that going and put that together. But that's going to be Tuesday night at 6:30 p.m. Okay, Pacific. So she'll be here Tuesday. Now yep. Monday, Michael W. Hall is going to be here. He is an experiencer with a very very unique story to tell us about his UFO experience. Rope, so he, what a kind of experience? A UFO or UFO? What? So he UFO. Ooh. So he's Sunday. Sunday, of course, we're going to hear about Lizzie Borden. All right. So uh, I'll be reading about Lizzie Borden Sunday. So we got a busy week coming up, and I just want to give you guys a heads up about Nancy being on Tuesday instead of Friday. And then we're finally, after like three months, the phone calls from the dead guy is coming. He will be here the twenty third, so that's a heads up. He did all the research into people that receive phone calls from their deceased loved ones. Mm-hmm. So That's only happened that. once with me. Uh, yeah. Once I, you know, it was a client who passed away and she called and was very odd. And in fact, my mother never called her other relatives, but this woman got to me. Uh, her name was Judy and it was quite astounding. Um, I, be, I think that's going to be a really great show. Yeah, that's going to um, be the Tuesday after this Tuesday that he's going to be on. So I'm just giving you guys a heads up to this week because we're, we're changing the schedule up a little bit because yeah. Ritzy has requested to come on Friday. So I'll do And we're always time. always open to someone writing a note and saying, you know what, I'd like her to talk about. Yeah. And no, yeah, I don't know everything. But if I know a topic well enough, you write it in we will consider doing it. Okay. Yeah. So make yeah. sure you do that. So ask us, I mean, even with Nancy's readings, maybe there's celebrities or something you'd like Nancy to, to, to contact. So you can do that. I don't know if I can. Uh, um, okay. that happened. Sure. Remember I was telling you once, um, George Lopez of poor orange paranormal right. had me on and I was, uh, in the waiting room. I couldn't hear. So he asked the audience whom they wanted to t- test me. I love it. I don't, because right. I, okay. I don't make anything. Well, you tell no, me. No, no. Yeah, I just mean, just send topics in and we'll, Nancy and I will look at them and decide what, yeah. you know, what we want to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
because uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much out there that we can't even think of the majority of it. So whatever you can help us with is great. But I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. Yeah, it's Friday night. Thank you, everybody. I mean, what more can you want on a Friday night? We talk about dead people. Our life experiences, because you know, dead people are always part of my life. Oh yeah, level, but look at all the other things that we talk about related to the paranormal and the supernatural. Yeah. That's fun. Things that go bump in the night. Bump in the night. You know. But anyway, I want to thank everybody. And I'll be, I will be back on Sunday for the uh, usual read at six, six o'clock. I want to do it at six o'clock on Sunday. Okay, so it'll be six or well, yeah, earlier, everyone. Right, yeah, maybe earlier. Yeah, because. Sundays are always a good night because I try to at least squeeze in two days off, you know, on the weekend. So well, I'll be back on Sunday. And then again, Michael W. Hall on Monday. And then we have Nancy on Tuesday. And then it goes that it goes from there. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank the regulars for coming. I, I love you all. Even I may not mention your names. I'm going to get you all in now. Tita, Chris, Jerry is, is here tonight. Let's see. Hang on. Let me go up. You going to roll for me? Thank you. Jen's here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sarah was here, but she had to go deal with take care of her kid. Janelle, my good friend Janelle, was here. She's on my team. Well, she's, she used to be on my team, and she's very, very, very... She was a debunker for my team, you know? I didn't know the right word. I don't like the word debunker, but she was very, very, um, I don't know, you know, very smart. I'm going to say that, you know, for uh, look, looking at the logic, logical, that's, that's the word I'm looking for. Very logical. <laughs> yeah. So was I, it was engineering. Can you imagine an engineering mind and, and numbers here. and straight lines end up doing this? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Kate was here. So yeah, we got a nice, uh, a nice group of people tonight. And I, I, I want to thank everybody for coming. I really appreciate each and every one of you. You're special. I'll do my Mr. Rogers thing. You're, you're it's because you're special. Mr. Rogers is here. Marisa just popped in. So so everybody's present accounted for. So again, I will see you on Sunday. <laughs> I know you came back. Thanks, Sarah. This is it. Right at the very end. Good timing. So I will see you guys on Sunday for uh, Lizzie Board and then Michael W. Hall on yeah. Monday. Okay? All and right. Nancy, you have anything else you want to say? I'm surprised I could talk this long, everybody. It was wonderful. It was meant to be then, you know, but... Um, I really enjoy doing this and sharing what I know. Cool. And before it's all over, um, the move and everything and the medical, I'll be able to start listening to MP3s and I will do it on my channel, Nancy Matt Psychic on YouTube. And if you want to visit me, uh, see me, nancymats.com, uh, readings or video, Skype, and then Nancy Matt's author. And it lists most of my books. I got eight lined up. Can you believe that? Wow. My retirement job writing and i won't ever stop doing this i may ask sometimes to have a day or two break now so anyhow i've enjoyed everybody thank you for coming okay Char, good. close it up all right close this sucker up if you like the show and you're watching from facebook hit that follow button if you like the show and you're watching from twitch hit that follow button i just love doing that Don't, <laughs> great do my, it. my announcer voice your announcer voice. <laughs> Listen to mine starting to whine. If you're watching from YouTube, there's a little ghost down in the bottom right-hand corner that has a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes hat on. That is that is our uh, 
groupie, our, our little ghosty groupie, and that will link you when you click on it. That that will link you over to subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we got 350 videos of of varying topics, not only paranormal but other stuff as well. So there's a little bit of something in there for everybody. All right, and here we go with this. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show and want to get even with somebody, share it with five of your enemies. Okay. Visit us at CaliforniaHaunts.org, CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. And you see that little ticker at the bottom? Well, that's because California Haunts takes no money to investigate. So all this stuff you see, the computers, the paranormal equipment, the Hawaiian shirt. No, I'm kidding. The, you know, <laughs> the mics. That all comes out of my pocket if something breaks or needs to be replaced. So if you could find it in your heart to help me out, that would be great. It also helps me pay the bills because I don't work. This is what I do. So it also helps me pay the internet bills and everything else to keep this show going. You can do that at paypal.me at California Haunts, or if you don't like PayPal, Venmo, and then type in California Haunts. But again, I want to thank everybody. It's been a great, what, it's going on three years now, starting in September. Wow. Year, come yeah. on. You know, it's, it's been a great ride, and hopefully we can keep it going, okay? All right. Well, I'll see you on Sunday. Bye. <laughs>